Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cara, acne can be tough. Whether your kid is just starting to get breakouts or has been struggling with them for years, there's a great product that can help. Phyla is the ultimate game changer. It tackles acne right at its root cause, rebalancing the skin's bacteria and packing it with probiotic phages. Phyla harnesses the superpowers of probiotics, tiny warriors targeting and wiping out the acne-causing bacteria. In studies, Phyla slashed acne-causing bacteria by a whopping 90%. Phyla doesn't just fix acne you can see. It stops new breakouts in their tracks. It has no harsh chemicals and won't irritate or dry most skin. Phyla's three-step system is like a dermatologist-approved magic potion. Cleanse, apply serum, and moisturize twice a day. As a special treat for our listeners, you can grab 25% off your first order of Phyla. Head over to phylabiotics.com, enter code PUBERTY at checkout, and kickstart your family's journey to acne-free skin. Check out the link in our show notes for quick access. Hi, I'm Cara Natterson. And I'm Vanessa Cole bennett Each week, we dive into the what and how of raising kids through puberty, that roller coaster of physical and emotional shifts for kids and parents alike. Combining reliable science and relatable parenting strategies, we will all learn about, laugh about, and yes, maybe even cry about adolescents, ours and theirs. Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Cara. We got a question today that just jumped off the page at us. And so we're just recording an episode to answer this listener's question, which I love. Happy New Year. It's such a resolution of mine to just get going, get cracking on all these questions. There's nothing like crossing off items on a to-do list to make Cara happy. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to read this question. It's long, so I'm going to edit it down just a little, but I'm going to keep it as true to the original question as I can. Okay, here we go. This listener writes... My nine-year-old daughter is young for her grade. She has a Halloween birthday and the cutoff is December 1st. So several of her classmates are more than a year older than her because their families held them back a year. While it doesn't bother her at all, the differences between her and some of her classmates have become stark. There are girls in her grade who have boyfriends and my daughter still enjoys playing with dolls. She's very, very smart, confident, and very much so dances to the beat of her own drum. Next year, she'll be in fifth grade and will move up to the middle school, which is grades five through eight. What I'm most concerned about is that she has a group of friends with similar interests, and I'm worried they're going to grow out of building forts and exploring the woods before she does. The other day, she lamented that one of her friends was getting to be less 
crazy, crazies in quotes, and it made her so sad. So she asked us to speak to these changes and how to navigate them. And do you see why that just like jumps out? It's such a it's good such question. a good question. It's such a good question. And it's such a good question because it gets at two really important issues that I mean, it gets at many important issues, but two specific issues related to puberty and kids' growth. And one is, as we talk about often, that kids are starting puberty up to two years earlier than they used to. And so when we were kids, it was very unusual for a nine-year-old to be at a much earlier stage of development than their peers because everybody was kind of still not yet in puberty. These days, you can have 50% of the kids in a grade in puberty at nine. And 50% not. And 50% not, which is the definition of 50%. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As my kids would say, quick math. (laughs) Quick math. (laughs) Clearly, we are the math voices. (laughs) But the second thing is the phenomenon of people holding their kids back if they're close to the cutoff of a birth year. So depending on whether you are in a school where the cutoff is September 1st or January 1st, if your kid has a summer birthday or a fall birthday, you may have chosen to hold them back a year, in which case they might be a full year older or your child, other people's children might be a full year younger or even more, maybe even 18 months older yeah, or Vanessa, younger. You know, I live in LA. This is not news to you, but the school that my kids went to in kindergarten, their cutoff for birthdays was September 1st for girls and June 1st for boys, which I actually haven't checked back with this school all these years later. I wonder if that policy has changed. But so there were June 1st boys. If you, you know, I I want you to just wrap your brain around this from this one independent school. By the time they got to middle school, they were merging with December 1st kids a year and a half younger than that. If a full 18 month spread in middle and high school classes is very standard in LA. So you have the natural biological spread of where kids are in their physical development during puberty. And then you have the literal chronological age spread of where they are. Oh, and then you've got sort of the normal maturational spread, right? Right. Some kids- So the developmental spread. You got it. Some kids are going to be more inclined to do more mature things or less childlike things earlier than others. That was always the case, right? That's temperament, it's personality, it's birth order, it's all sorts of variables. But you layer all these things together. And this question that this parent is asking is a very, very common one. And it's one that's going to stretch far beyond entering middle school. It's going to stretch into entering high school and frankly, into entering college. Because I don't know about your kids and what you've heard, but what I've heard from my kids is there are freshmen who are 17 and there are freshmen who are 21. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, particularly if kids took gap years, if they're athletes and they were redshirted, if they did a PG year for Military time. Yep. Military time, saving money, community college, junior college. There's a thousand reasons why. So it will continue to be an issue. But so often we focus on the early blooming girls and the late blooming boys because those are the, I don't want to say those are the most traumatic realities, but those are the realities that get the most airtime. 
I would and they're say. the extremes, right? The earliest of the early blooming girls are the first of the first. The first and of the, the first and the last and of the, the last. last of the last. That's but right. But the late blooming girls, and by the way, a nine-year-old is not a late blooming girl, but oh she gosh, may be no. later than some of her peers. But just, I mean, we got to say, it is completely normal. I use that word very pointedly for a 12-year-old girl to not show any signs of puberty. There's still a wide spectrum of when kids enter puberty. And if you go to a pediatrician at 12, 12 and a half, even 13, and there are no signs of puberty, they're still going to watch and wait for a matter of months or so before they worry that you're not entering puberty. So there's a long road for some kids. And having said all of that, which obviously took longer than we expected it to, because everything (laughs) takes longer than we expected it to. I so feel this parent's question and I feel it on a number of levels. I feel it that worry that we have as parents that our kids aren't necessarily thinking about or worrying about. And so that question of how do we separate our awareness of the world and our worry about where things might go, even if they haven't gone there yet, right? Like her child may lose important friendships in the next couple of years if she's not developing in the same way her friends are, right? So there's the separating our worries from our kids' worries. And then there's the kind of gendered societal expectations about girls. So an important point to make is that research tells us that girls' confidence peaks at age nine and then precipitously plummets over the following years of puberty and adolescence. So This parent is seeing her confident daughter at potentially, she worries, her peak. And research tells us, I know, maybe it is her peak. And yet with awareness and engagement and love and support, it doesn't necessarily have to be her peak. And it shouldn't be her. I mean, just, uh, you know, you and I both know that's... It shouldn't be. That's why we do what we do. That's why we do what we do. So that it's not her peak. And even if things drop a little bit, there's this amazingly strong foundation for these children so that there's a resurgence and not a precipitous and ongoing decline, which is what has traditionally happened. So there's layer upon layer of societal and cultural and biological elements to this very question. And... At the core of it, it is, how do I watch my child and worry without making her worry about something she's not worried about? And how do I make space for the things she's coming to me with? I'm so sad my friend isn't as, quote, crazy anymore, without making her feel like it's the end of the road and like all the fun stops now. Right. Or how do I worry less? Too, right? Like how or how do my, I worry not to my kid, but worry right. to my partner, my friend, my whomever, right. and keep it off my kids. But shoulders. wouldn't it be amazing if we could also, I mean, and I don't know that in the next 10 minutes we're going to be able to give that life vest to all the adults listening, but wouldn't it be amazing if we could offer a little bit of a life vest that there are some things about this which the gut reaction is worry, and it's okay to move that away from Maury and put it somewhere else, put a different emotion around it. If you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear us preach the importance of air, particularly down there. 
Airing out body parts reduces sweatiness, stinkiness, and skin irritation. And it feels amazing to air it all out after a long day in tight, sweaty clothes. Which is why we created the Oom Short. Super soft, lightweight, with wide legs and a low crotch. All help air flow. Designed for all genders in all sizes, literally down to kids extra small and up to men's extra large. Everyone who wears them tells us they've never been so comfy. Get your shorts at myoomla.com. Vanessa, we literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors ready-to-eat meals. They have been a godsend. We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never-frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious. And I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies. So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking, and cleaning. You can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need. And you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order... Go to factormeals.com slash puberty50 and use the code puberty50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is puberty50 at factormeals.com slash puberty50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, lately I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family. So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, Magnesium Breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, Magnesium Breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S.com slash puberty. And you can use the code PUBERTY10 during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is PUBERTY10 at buyoptimizers.com slash puberty. Your body and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house. 
Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving. It's made with wholesome ingredients, no artificial flavors or dyes, and it's high in protein, gluten-free, grain-free, and soy-free. So a great choice, Vanessa. You can go to magicspoon.com slash puberty to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our, you guessed it, promo code puberty at checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them. Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com slash puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. So one thing that I want to do, because we do a lot of work with schools and camps around friendship, particularly in this age group, the sort of fourth through eighth grade age group. And one way I hope we can reassure this listener and any other listeners worrying about this is friendships will change during the middle school years. It is developmentally appropriate for friendships to change. We have to make space for our children's friendships to change because of all of the reasons we just listed and because they are forming their identities, they are honing their interests and their passions, they are finding new pathways of self-expression, which means that the kid who doesn't want to play in the woods anymore and build forts, that kid has found something else they want to do. So our kids need to find another friend to go play in the woods with, to use that as a, as a metaphor based on the listener question. Right. So to the end of wanting to relieve people's worry, what you're doing, Vanessa, is you're normalizing shifts in friendship, which is correct. And I think if we as the adults who are witnessing these shifts realize this is a normal phenomenon, it does help resolve some of the angst and worry that goes along with it. I think the thought bubble above many adults' heads goes something like this. Well, will this child find another friend. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. as we've talked about on past podcasts, and we will be talking about coming up later this month when we talk to Lisa Damore about her new book, we know that really it only takes one good and solid and meaningful friendship to make the big difference in someone's life. The other thing that you haven't mentioned that you often teach in your workshops, and it's an incredibly powerful thing, is that this is the age at which kids are going to make their own friendships. Mm -hmm. Before this, a lot of friendships are made out of convenience. Families are friends. They live nearby in the neighborhood. They go to the same school. And there's sort of an element of convenience and you make these play dates and it all happens and fine. But starting in third and fourth grade is when kids really actually start to branch out and choose their friends for themselves. And certainly by the end of middle school, don't even try. Don't even try. And that is hard for the adults caring for them because many of their social lives revolve around these friendships that were formed when our kids were in pre-K or K or first grade. And we go on family vacations and we celebrate holidays together and we spend weekends together. And all of a sudden, our kids don't want to hang out anymore. And that is not only inconvenient, but it's confusing and it's complicated for the adults 
we have to make space for our kids to form new friendships. Now, I will say, and spoken through personal experience, when our kids are the leavers, the ones leaving the friendship who have outgrown the friendship. So I'm I'm doing the flip side of the listener question, right? If I'm the parent of the child who doesn't want to play forts and play in the woods anymore, I believe we are obligated to teach our kids and to require of our kids to treat the other children with respect and dignity, even if they no longer want to be close friends with this child. Hallelujah. 100%. And I think it's a hard task as a parent because, again, we're all nervous and worried about our kids' social lives and we want them to feel confident and successful. And if they want to make a change, great, they can make a change. But ultimately, the lesson of treating past friends, previous friends who may become friends again with human dignity is a really important process to go through as a family. So, to this parent who wrote in, with a question that is all at once very, very broad and very narrow and specific. I think the answer is buried in all of these details, but friendships will change and transform. So what you're seeing the beginnings of, yes, you're seeing it's foreshadowing for what will happen. But that doesn't mean that your child will be left on her own. What it means is that she's going to be learning to exercise the muscle of making new friends. And that may need some feeding and watering from you. It may require you stepping in and helping her identify what she's looking for in a friend or how to make a plan, how to get a ball rolling, how to pick up the phone and call someone and see if they want to do something fun, how to organize some time to spend together, how to propose how to play in the woods with someone that she's never played in the woods with before. This skill set will come in handy for the rest of her life as she moves into high school and college and the workplace, right? Think about all the times that we need this set of tools accessible in our toolkit. So as painful as it is to watch kids outgrow one another in grade school, it is the beginning of a learning curve that goes on to serve you for the rest of your life. And the only thing I would caution against, and this was advice, I heard Michael Thompson speak many years ago, and this was advice he gave. He's the author of Raising Cain, a psychologist out of Belmont Hill School. And I must have asked a question like, you know, what if your kid comes home and they're really having a hard time and blah, blah, blah. And then the next day you want to know what's going on and you're wondering, and he's like, don't interview for pain. So if your kid comes home the next day and your kid seems pretty fine, you don't say to them, how was it today? Are you okay? Was it really hard? Did you sit by yourself at lunch? He said, let them know that you're available and leave it be. And so to this wonderful listener and all of you out there who are wondering and worrying about your kid's social reality, don't interview for pain, but just say, hey, I'm around if you want to talk about what's going on or wondering, you know, what you guys played at recess or wondering how, you know, the soccer team is, but don't assume that things are not going well. And I'd also add to that, acknowledge their surroundings. So it's helpful for 
a kid to understand that the group of kids who are supposed to be their age are not entirely their age. Right. That That's there's right. a broad spectrum of physical and emotional and frankly, chronological development going on. And if you start that conversation when they're young, as it continues, as they get older and older, it goes from being a hurdle to not a challenge at all. Before we pressed record, Vanessa and I were both talking about the age spans in some of our older kids' classes and grades. And our kids are fluent in the language of connecting with people independent of what grade they're in or whether they're in high school or college. That is in part because there is such a wide age spread now in all of these grades. And it, I think, benefits kids of all ages. The younger, the older, and the one smack in the middle have all learned to be fluent with one another independent of their age. I never would have talked to a kid in another grade when I was in middle school, maybe even high school. I was so intimidated. That does not exist today, which I think is a silver lining. And to name it and acknowledge it and normalize that there's going to be different realities and different experiences opens the door for kids to come to us when they notice stuff or experience stuff so that it's not like they're imagining things, but there really are big differences. And that you might have a really small late developer who is super brilliant and creative and successful and a you know, a kid who's been developing for a long time, who's big and hairy and smelly, and yet is still like finding their feet in other ways. So acknowledging that flip side as well, I think is really helpful for kids. Thank you for this awesome question. We loved it. We hope we answered your worries and concerns and hopefully you feel validated and maybe a little comforted that it's going to be okay. Thanks, Vanessa. Thanks, Cara. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myoomla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.